listening to On the Right Road. Get ready to experience extraordinary real-life inspiration and discover valuable tools to help kids find and travel the right road in school and in life. And now, here's your award-winning host, author, singer-songwriter, producer, humanitarian, and founder of Right Road Kids. It's Paula Phillips. Right Road. Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Right Road. I'm your host, Paula Phillips, and as always, I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. This is going to be another very, very special show. Something has really been on my heart the last few weeks, and it's partly to do with my son being in high school now. There's something new I've noticed in his high school experience that wasn't there in his earlier years. Uh, He actually came from a school where from kindergarten through eighth grade, there were 25 or so kids total per grade. And now he's at a high school where each teacher has 150 plus students of various grade levels. And he loves his high school, loves it. And so does our whole family. But I've noticed from a whole new perspective one challenge that I hadn't seen before in his education. I know that it's out there in a huge way um, in the whole educational system, but this is new for his education, and that is the challenge for a teacher to truly know and nurture and motivate up to 150-plus amazing and unique young people, especially from the get-go of a school year. And this doesn't just apply to high school. It's so important for all of us who work with kids, whatever their age is, to really take heart and be thinking about the importance of connecting with each and every child. And gosh, I want to say this as gently as I can because I know without a doubt how much each and every one of us cares about each child. We all do. But we need to be thinking about the reality of this. If we aren't acutely aware of what makes each student tick, it is so easy for kids to just kind of fall between the cracks, for their voices to be squelched and for their motivation to kind of be numbed. Because if you feel like you're just a number, so to speak, it doesn't trigger that excitement to let your greatness shine. And that We all know what that's like. It goes for any of us, whatever our age. If we feel like we're sort of invisible, it can be hard to shine. And for kids, it's just so easy for those who really care to get lost in the shuffle of all of us as adults at a school who are needing to spend so much time dealing with kids who get into trouble or dealing with overall general challenges facing schools. And there are so, you know, there's so much time only in a day. So all of those challenges are totally understandable, but the whole topic of nurturing world-changing students, helping them each step out of line, as one of my recent Right Road emails shared, stepping into that world-changing place in their lives and into the greatness, into their greatness into the world, is just such an important part of what education is all about. And yet, it seems like the way that our overall system is set up and kind of functioning now it just seems like maybe it's allowing too many kids to kind of trickle through those cracks where they may very well end up just kind of living in mediocrity instead of living their greatness. So what can we do, you know, when our teachers and schools are already overextended in terms of time and resources and funding? Well, I think what we need to do is pause for a moment and really look at this together 
And to start, I saw an article this past week that I realized was the perfect place to start tonight's show. It was posted on the We Are Teachers site. It was written by a, a gentleman by the name of Chase Milkey, and it's titled Six Ways We Kill Students' Motivation. And what they did at the Writer's School, they asked the kids themselves, not other adults, genius, right? And in this case, they asked sophomores, a majority of whom were at the bottom of their class academically. And here's what the students shared are their top six motivation killers, okay? And keep in mind that these are the summary of one school's polling. But these are also things that I've noticed this year in listening to and observing the overall pulse at my son's high school. And again, our family loves the school. I can't say that enough. So it's not a judgment. It's just an observation of this topic and what our schools in general are looking at and dealing with having things like jumbo class sizes and crazy amounts of testing and related pressures all the way around as realities, right? So jot these things down, you guys. I just they're, they're just such wonderful jumping off points and they're so enlightening and helpful for anyone who works with kids to really realize and take to heart. So here are six things according to kids that stifle their motivation. Number one, bombing a big test. Oh my gosh. That first test of the year, especially, if kids bomb that for whatever reason, maybe it's a new teaching style. Maybe, you know, going into high school can be a whole new experience, for example. Maybe they're moving to a new school, a whole new group of kids in the class, whatever it is. If you bomb that first test and you have to look at that mountain of climbing back up to get an A, it can be just deadening in your soul. Number two, if you don't have opportunities to revise, I've noticed that in school so often, because there are so many pressures to get through all the curriculum, if everything is zooming so ahead so quickly, oftentimes there can't be that you know, mastery happening. So if there's the lack of mastery, there's no opportunities to revise. They're already, the class is five steps ahead. It's like, motivation gone. It's like I can't even catch up. I quit. You know what I mean? Number three, too much lecturing. This one kind of goes without saying. Um, And it's interesting when I read this one because my son last year, I interviewed my son here on the show with some of his friends from eighth grade last year. And this was one of the biggest things that they said was that if, if, you know, adults are droning on and on and they don't have a chance to participate. It really makes a big difference in their engagement in the class. Number four, poor understanding. Kids lose motivation when they don't understand something. It's just, if it's just consistently zooming over their heads and they don't get it again, another shutoff point, right? Another shutoff valve. Number five, Boring content. And this to me means when kids are feeling that content is not useful or that it's way too above their heads or challenging or it's they don't feel it's relevant to their life. So I think helping kids see the relevance to their lives is key. And number six, lack of respect for kids. And this one goes both ways. Oh my gosh, we have a huge problem in our world with kids not respecting adults, but I think they're feeling the same way. And so here are two things that the author suggested are great things to ask your students regarding this. Number one is to ask your students how many of them think you like your job. And number two, how many of them think the teachers at the school like kids? I mean, light bulb moment, right? It might be hard to hear some of the answers, but 
so enlightening if they're feeling motivated and engaged. So to all six of those things, I say, yes, 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 yes. This is reality. These are things that we as adults need to hear and ponder. And I think, like I said, while difficult to hear, all of this is a great seed planted and a great thought process to kick off tonight's show. So let's dive into this whole focus on really nurturing, world-changing, empowered, seen and heard students, which as we all know, shouldn't just mean that top five or 10% of academic achievers. I'm so excited to really look at this for all kids. So welcome to each and every one of you listening. As always, I'm just absolutely honored that you're here with me this evening. I think it's just going to be such an awesome hour of inspiration, insight, and support tonight. And to kick off tonight's big support for you, I have the first fantastic On the Right Road giveaway tonight. All the giveaways tonight are amazing, creative, fun, top quality writing supplies. I always give a lot of thought to what would be a perfect match for resources to give away on each show. And I just felt writing goodies are so perfect for tonight. I mean, writing allows so much creativity and it allows for everyone's voice to really be heard in a wonderful way. So just wait until you hear all of the awesome gifts and surprises I have here for you this evening. And note that I'll announce all the recipients from all of tonight's live and pre-show giveaways on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. So make sure to check for that awesome recipient announcement post on our Right Road Kids Facebook page on Tuesday. And this is an important note. We'll get all the gifts from tonight's show out in the mail to the recipient teachers at their schools the week of October 21st. So here's tonight's first awesome On the Right Road giveaway. Of course, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. And first, I want to make sure, especially for those of you new to On the Right Road, if you don't know how to go about this, how to enter tonight... All the details are going to pop up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page. So just keep refreshing that. And as I announce each giveaway, it's going to come up on our Facebook page. But also, you need to include tonight's code word. Actually, it's two words, word, world changing. So tonight's code words are world changing. So in addition to the little giveaway um, information that is in the announcement post for each giveaway, also type in world changing as part of your entry comment because that officially enters you. It lets us know that you're listening tonight, okay? So for this first giveaway, I have 10 sets of super strong Papermate mechanical pencils. Each set has two packs, just like what you're going to see in the giveaway post picture. And they're pencils with the thicker leads, so they're strong, they're lasting. So there will be 10 teacher recipients from this giveaway, and each will receive an awesome set of mechanical pencils. So to enter, you can go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember, of course, to type tonight's code words, world changing as part of your entry comment and this giveaway will be open until just after the end of the show till 6 30 p.m pacific 9 30 eastern tonight and we'll announce the 10 recipients on our right road kids facebook page this coming tuesday afternoon special thanks you guys to nair and the southern california dch audi honda toyota lexus and ford dealerships for their support in helping to make this giveaway possible. And this is just the start of the absolutely awesome giving I'll have throughout the whole show for you tonight. So keep our Right Road Kids Facebook page close and ready, as I always like to say. And just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live Sunday, October 6th. Tonight's giveaways will, of course, be closed after that. So now, you guys, I am thrilled 
to introduce you all to my wonderful guest this evening. His name is Jeff Kubiak former world-class swimmer and coach. Jeff is now an elementary school principal. He taught fourth, fifth, and sixth grade for 10 years, and now he has eight years of admin experience. When he was a student, he actually really disliked and struggled with school, so he is truly able to look at education through a unique lens. Jeff is absolutely dedicated to always increasing opportunities for all students and all teachers to feel heard, to feel noticed, and challenged and celebrated and safe. And this year, he had his first book published. It's called One Drop of Kindness, and it's just incredibly special. One of the cleverest books I've ever come across. So I am thrilled and honored to introduce you all to my amazing guest, this awesome gentleman, Jeff Kubiak. Welcome to On the Right Road, Jeff. Thank you so much, Paula. Boy, you got me super excited already. This is this is, this is awesome. Thank oh, you. Oh, it's it's good. We're going to talk about so many awesome and important things. And I want to start by just asking you, I've, I've just been so intrigued by your life story, and I, I have so many questions for you. But first, I just shared while I was introducing you, um, you let me know that you really struggled in school. What was your experience with school as a kid and as a teen? I think that's a good jumping off point tonight. Yeah, it, you know, at school wasn't easy for me. Um, I grew up with... Uh, one sister, and she uh, she cruised through school. She she had the brains, man. I just I was super hyper, ADHD as we would know it now. But um, you know, and I had to move a lot. I always blurted. I tried to be the class clown, and and teachers did not connect with me. And it school was just really really difficult. Gosh, it's so interesting how from the same family. There can be kids on completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of abilities and talents and skills. It's just fascinating, right? So Mm -hmm. do you think, right? And it's so cool because that's what makes each person unique and special. Um, But in dealing with some things like what you shared, sometimes a second child comes along and they're so different than that first sibling who just breezed through school, so to speak, that it's a challenge for for everybody, I think, for the child, for for the parents, for the teacher. It's confusing. It's, you know. So do you think that the challenges that you went through, Jeff, in your school years are part of what led and inspired you to a career in education as a teacher and now a principal? I mean, from everything that I've read and now getting to know you tonight, it really seems like it's a passion and a calling for you, right? Yeah, there's there's no doubt. My mom taught um, high school for over 30 years, and, you know, I, I, I reflect some of the teachers that I had that, you know, it was really interesting because you were talking about connecting with your son's high school kiddos and things like that, and, you know, I, I, I didn't have those teachers until sixth grade. You know, Mrs. Sherry connected with me, got to know me, understand me, but it... it if educators aren't doing that, regardless if you have 30 kids in your class, 20 kids, or, you know, you have five classes of 30 and you have 150 kids, you have right. to know them. If we're right. not going to understand or know those students that spend six to eight hours a day with us, then we're failing because we're serving them, right? So right. it's so important. It is. And I, I'm so excited to really dive into how to address, you know, getting to know each kid with all these challenge that, challenges that we're facing in education. But I want to ask you, just so everybody can kind of get to know you, this is kind of a lead-in question. It's relating to your swimming. 
Um, you, it sounds like you had this crazy, amazing swimming career. I mean, you have NCAA titles. You have U.S. national titles. You were a Pan American Games gold medalist. You have you were literally a tenth of a second from making it to the 1988 Olympics. I mean, oh my gosh. How, so how did you get into swimming, and what was your path to becoming this world-class swimmer and coach? Well, you know, once again, it was my sister. She had swum before me, and, um, you know, my parents thought, you know, one of the ways to help calm me down would be to get me in the water and swim, too. And I just <gasps> I fell in love with it. It was something that was just life-changing. I, I love the element of water, and I made a lot of friends. And, you know, it was something, growing up in Davis, you, you swam, you played soccer, you played baseball. You know, there were so many great things to do here, but swimming just kind of became my thing. And while I did a lot of other things throughout the years, it wasn't, you know, finally until after high school, really, that I focused on swimming year-round. And um, it was just something that I loved. I had a great feel for. I had amazing coaches. And I hated to lose. And I loved to race. And so I just, you know, started putting everything I had into it. And you know, I started finding success. Well, and how wonderful that, you know, huge credit to your parents and to your coaches um, for finding, helping you find your thing, you know, Um, because if that wouldn't have been the case for you and with how you were struggling in school, that is the crux of where kids can really fall between the cracks. You know, I don't think any kid doesn't care. They want to succeed. They want to do well. And once you find your thing, so I've kind of got goosebumps here. It's like, thank goodness that your parents and your coaches helped you find your thing. So do you think, Jeff, that in some ways your swimming career was another part of what led to your path in education, if that makes sense? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, without swimming, I wouldn't have gone to college. Um, Ah. You know, my, my parents were amazing that, you know, they didn't force us to do anything as kids. They just opened the door and gave us the opportunities. Um, but, you know, I, I actually, I, I hated swimming. My senior year in high school, I didn't get along with a coach, so I just kind of quit spitefully, and I was on the diving team. Um, and I uh-huh. lost a, a scholarship to college. But then I decided I went to a junior college, and I swam, and I fell in love with it again, and, and that kind of paved the path for me to go to, to, to a four-year college at Cal State Northridge. Um, where, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't have gone to school without swimming. It kind of kind of saved my my education. And that, and that tied right into it because, you know, swimming was kind of the cog that got me there. And then coaching and teaching went so well together because... Yes. Because um, especially with swimming, you're, you're in the water at 5 a.m. and then at 5 p.m., right? And so it kind of worked really well with, with teaching and... Um, you know, I didn't always teach at the same time I coached. I, I coached full-time at certain times, but it was just such a, an amazing way to watch kids grow in a different way than they do inside of a classroom, and uh, that's the magic of teaching and coaching. Yes, and what you said about your high school coach not connecting with you, and then when you moved to the next level, you did connect again. It just goes to show the significance and life-changing importance that each person, each educator, each teacher, each coach in our lives has on each child. 
it can be life-changing. Like if you wouldn't have had that new coach who got you and who clicked with you, you might not have ever gone back to the thing that you loved. I just, this is the crux of the matter of what we're talking about here, right? So, okay, so here's a big question, kind of leading into this whole discussion. What is your, now your principle, so what's your philosophy, Jeff, as a principle and in leading a school? And again, that's a big question, but I'd love to kind of hear your your overall viewpoint on it. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple, but then the simplicity I think gets a little more uh, complicated. But it's you know inclusivity and in all kids. If we don't look at all 800 students at my school, then we're not doing our jobs. We are servants, not just yes. educators. And by being servants, we have to do everything within our power and outside of our power to find a way to connect to these kids because a lot of them are broken inside and we don't see that. They might be sitting in the corner doing whatever, but inside, you know, they're broken. They go home, maybe they're hearing arguments, maybe they're getting beaten, maybe they don't have food, maybe mom and dad are working three jobs, they never see them. We don't know until we find a way. And right. it doesn't matter if we're in elementary, middle, or high school, we have to connect. But at the same time, I have to support my staff and encourage them to maybe be uncomfortable and to reach out in ways that they haven't. Right. Well, and I love that passion that you have for making sure that kids, and, and I'm, I'm assuming that also teachers, because teachers need to be heard and honored and uplifted as well. So, so here's the question, okay? With all of the overall challenges in education, and we could go on and on and on, the list is three miles long, it just feels today like, you know, that the whole national focus is somehow off kilter. Not because teachers and everyone at a school don't care, but because so much of the focus is on paperwork and data and making sure that every step made in terms of discipline and everything is politically correct and doesn't step on anyone's toes or offend anyone in any way. And I don't know why I just chuckled because it's not funny, but sometimes if you don't laugh, you're going to cry, right? So just thinking <laughs> yeah. about what teachers and school administrators need to deal with, just thinking about it's exhausting. So what do we do about things like those six motivation killers that I shared early on this evening to really make sure that kids are motivated and heard and uplifted and nurtured to become those world-changing people that we know that can be? What do we do? What those I, things I, I are think for Part of it, we, we're too institutionalized still. I mean, we're still doing school that we did 100 years ago. And yes. that's, not, that's not what's best for the kids nowadays or for even teachers. You know, look at our pathways. Not every kid's going to go to college. And if they do, that's great. But you know what? We have amazing junior colleges that people don't even look at. That's such a great stepping stone because does it really matter where you enter college or where you finish college? That's the important right. thing. But look at our trades aren't in there. And then we also have things that we don't even know about. You know, AI and um, coding and, you know, things we don't even know that are going to happen in 10 years are out there. So we have to change what the model is. And we have to, you know, we got to look at what, what kids want. In high school, you, you can be doing, you know, interest inventories and, um, you know, asking them, what are your interests? What do you hate? What do you like? Right. It, it's It's... You know, parents also have to have a stronger voice, too, though, because their, their kids are in there, and if they're not going to push against the system and the teachers and the administrators, then it's going to be the same old thing. And so we have to change our thinking 
to help the kids become stronger in their voice, in their choice, and in their drive and find what's going to make them tick. Because you know what? Sitting, doing a worksheet is not going to make it work for 99% of the kids anymore. Right. So here's the big question. In in 30 seconds, if you've got your elevator speech to teach to talk to the president of the United States and all you have is 30 seconds, what's the answer? What do all of our amazing Right Road friends listening, what do parents, what do teach, what do we do in 30 seconds? You know, what's your answer? What do we do to change this? How do we start? Well, we put the money into smaller envelopes and let the schools figure it out. Schools need so, me as an educator, I need to work with yes. the parents, the teachers, and the students. What can we do to figure this out? So we know what the curriculum is. We have the standards. Boom. Let's find a way to make it happen. And it's not going to be, you know, learning my times tables. It's going to be working with our hands, working in the garden, changing the oil, coding. And kids have to work with each other argue with each other the right way. They have to challenge the teachers. Teachers have to understand that and they have to challenge. So it's a different system, but it has to be a different formula for funding. And I'm not the funding God, so I don't know what that is, but I know that the way it is working right now is not working. And it seems like it needs to be more autonomous, like you said, so the school and the school district can be making some of these decisions because it might be a completely different environment, for example, in Iowa than it is in downtown Los Angeles. You know, well, even three miles away. You know, I, there's right, 13 right. elementary schools in my district. None of us are the same. No way. Right. And right. what my school needs is certainly not what yours needs three miles away. So we have to be able to be individualized and autonomous and empowered within our own community and our own student population and staff population. Well, and I love that we're putting that out there into the world because I think this is part of the answer. Yes, we're not going to sit down and solve everything in our hour tonight, but we've put out into the universe that this is part of the answer of what we all need to be thinking about and what what needs to happen for us to address these big things. So, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So, how did, now kindness is a huge part of of your whole life, it seems like. How did teaching kindness become that clear focus in your life and how you lead? It changes people. You know, I, yes. I wasn't always the kindest kid. Um, you know, I, I, I was just like uh, Gus in my book. And, I, you know, I was broken at times and I treated people super poorly. But when you look at embedding kindness into each person, doesn't have to be a child, it changes them. Yes. And it really does take one drop to change someone because the kindness I give you today, Paula, your life will change tomorrow if you actually take what we're giving. And when we can do things that are simple, but they actually make a bigger impact and, and you know, the whole chain reaction, ripples effect, all those kind of things, it really works. It does. But it, it, it works on a level, though, that has to be embraced and consistent. It can't, it's not a one and done. It has to right. be something we do every day with intention. Yes. It is totally life-changing. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so you've written this amazingly wonderful children's book called One oh, Drop of you. Kindness. Oh my gosh. I saw, I, I told you right before the show, I saw a post of somebody reading it to their class and that's, you know, how I was inspired to get in touch with you. So how did your book come about and what inspired you to write it? Because it's something special. I, I, I started writing a different book and it just wasn't feeling it. And then I just, it, it came to me because I've been to so many different schools and I've seen so many people that are not happy and they're broken. And kindness needs to be the center or the focal part. And I think when we put that in schools and start with it with our pre-K or TK and, you know, um, preschool and work all the way through 12th grade, then we are going to change. And the way we treat the person at the checkout store and the post person and you know, the person on that we're calling for tech help who maybe doesn't speak the same language, instead of being irate, maybe just taking a breath, listening, and then focusing on how you can connect with that person. But it's the little teeny things that add up. And so I just thought, let's see if we can add a drop of kindness and, and find the journey of a child to see what can happen when they change a community. Well, and I love how you said it's not just a one drop thing. It's a drop after drop after drop. It's like if we weave it into the the whole educational system from top to bottom, it will be it will be so empowering for our kids that I think it's hard to even comprehend. You know, it's oh my gosh. So yeah, I, it is, I, and and it's you know it, we start first in the schools and then we move you know, to the churches and then to the communities and then into businesses. And, you know, the way that you see on the news or on YouTube or whatever, like someone going into like a Burger King or a burger joint, the way they treat the person taking their order, it's it's sick. You know what, like, we're people. Why can't we show each other a little bit of respect, kindness, and empathy because we're living with each other. We need to make it better and there's already enough hatred and terribleness in our world yes and on that note I'm so excited you guys that I have some of Jeff's amazing books to give away right now I also have some this is a wonderful giveaway it's kind of a package thing and so this is our second giveaway for tonight it's open to all educators of course in the US listening to On the Right Road right now I have 15 awesome paper-made colored lead pencils with extra lead. They're not colored pencils. They're actually pencils with colored lead. They're so cool. Such an awesome way to encourage creativity and writing and expressing yourself. Plus, I have four autographed copies of Jeff's extraordinary One Drop of Kindness book. So there will be 19 recipients from this giveaway and each will receive, I know, they'll receive one of the packs of colored lead pencils or one of Jeff's One Drop of Kindness books. So to enter, Just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to include tonight's code words, world changing. 
as part of your entry comment, even if you included them in tonight's earlier giveaway, okay? And this one's going to be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 19 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Great big thanks to Jeff himself, Jeff Kubiak, for donating the copies of the book and for taking his time to sign them. And to Nair and Lori Stinas and our Keller Williams Real Estate team for helping to make this wonderful giveaway possible. So, Jeff, I, I really want to talk more about your book. It it just is the most incredible, s- clever. That's the word that keeps coming to my mind. It has the most clever storyline. The way it shows that kindness is really inside all of us, that it starts with us, it really got me. It Not, not a lot, like, surprises me. But I got like to the two-thirds point when it's kind of the kicker in the book, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so how did you come up with this, the, this incredible storyline? It's so cool. Well, thank you. I, you know, I just, so Gus, the main character, is everywhere, right? He's a boy, a girl, man, woman, whatever. It's, it's someone that has a story and that are broken, and they it, it, kindness isn't easy for some people, you know. It, it's, right. it's a difficult way to navigate. And when you're mistreated, of course we're going to treat others poorly. And until we find that drop. And he just had this echoing in his head. And eventually, everything he knew subconsciously kind of came out because of the people around him and the message and then he decided to become the one to pass it around. And when we find that champion, we have to really embrace it because it's really, really apparent of how kindness can impact us in such a beautifully positive way. Well, and do you think that instilling kindness in our kids and in our, our, all of us in our lives is part of nurturing that world-changing mindset in our kids? 100%. How are they going to love themselves first to be able to love each other and then to do something that's going to totally turn the world upside down and, and, and find awesomeness? We have to make sure, you know, look at our, our youth right now. You know, teen suicide is up and, right. you know, hatred is up and this, and it's just like, we have too many kids that are broken and don't love themselves, and we got to tap into that. I mean, it's yes. becoming, you know, a major, major problem. We, we've got to weave kindness into our schools, into our society. We have to. I think we all need to take a step back and just start do. you know, I know we're overwhelmed with life's challenges, but we have, as parents and as teachers, we have to start doing it and just kind of putting our foot down and saying, this is what's most important. Um, so here's, you know, here's I, a, it, it takes just as long to yell right. at someone or snap at someone as it does to give them a compliment or pick up the paper they dropped or to give someone a cup of coffee. It, it's intention. And living yes. with intention. So, so here's for all the wonderful educators listening. In your eyes, with the realities of the limited time and resources and big class sizes, what are some ways that educators can really see each individual child so they can best know how to motivate and empower them to live their greatness? 
How, how do we address... The first thing is for oh, them to understand that it's okay to. <laughs> I, I'm giving them permission. Right now, every educator in the world <laughs> has Jeff Kubiak's permission to <laughs> perhaps not teach that next lesson um, that really won't matter in the next year or two. And we can brush academics aside because if we are not going to address SEL, social-emotional learning, and mental health in our kids... They're, they're not going to make it through high school anyway. So really, was that algebra lesson that important? No. It was maybe sitting down and, hey, what's important to you kids? Or, hey, tell us something you don't know. Or let's bring in three kids to have lunch with them. Or let me go make a home visit because Johnny has been late three days in a row and I don't know what's going on. Show that you care. Pick up the phone. Send a text. Ask a question. Take a little walk outside. That is what we need to do, and we can kind of push the academics aside because academics don't matter if the kids are going to stay broken. Well, and I think it's a dance, you know, because I, we don't want to say that academics aren't important. Of course they are, but I, I know what you're saying in that if, if the child isn't whole and well inside, they're not even going to be able to learn that math lesson or whatever it is. It's not going to stick. It's, they're not going to realize the awesomeness of what they can do with that math lesson in their life if they, if they can't even think straight because maybe something horrific is happening at home, like you said earlier in the show. So I think it's, But I think it's each one of us as an educator starting to put our feet down and just say, you know what? I know that I'm under all this pressure to get all these, you know, they're telling me I have to cover all this curriculum. But if we all put our foot down and say, no, right now, this is the most important thing. I am the teacher of these amazing 30 kids or 150 kids, whatever. This is what I need to do at this moment in time. And I'm not going to let the worry and all this stuff eat me up inside. I'm just going to do it. I think we have to stop being scared. And, and that's a big statement to make, I realize, because this is people's jobs, you know, on the line. But I think we have to start really as an educational community making a stand because educators know their kids. They know what needs to happen. So now here's from the other standpoint, Jeff, it, you know, in a different way with our, our everyone's overall life busyness and technology distractions and on and on. This all really goes for parents, too. How do you feel parents can best motivate and empower their kids to live their world-changing greatness? Well, in my eyes, a parent's role is to empower their children to be better or more prepared than they were. And so by putting pressure on them to be the best volleyball player, to take the AP class, the honors class, the ACT, to get a 4.6 grade point average, which I'd never even heard of until, you know, recently, <laughs> you know, last couple of years or whatever, that's, that's part of the problem, right? Really, Pressure. do they have to go to Stanford? I mean, Stanford's amazing. I'm just using it as an example. Right, With a 4.6, right. and they've taken every single extracurricular class and every sport and then they go and they don't know what they're going to do. And then they drop out, which is becoming more typical anyway. And so we have to actually listen to our kids. What do you want to do? What is important to you? And put the feet, you know, then we have to push back a little bit, you know, on the education. Like, is all of this that important to shove down kids' throats? I mean, look at the stress of these kids right now. All this pressure and they're just, they're still growing. 
Yes. You know, and so parents have to be supportive. They have to want more for their kids, but at the same time, they have to be able to kind of step back too at the same time and say, whoa, yeah, you, you, can, you cannot go to uh, this tutoring session today. Let's just take a day off or whatever it is, you know? Right. Well, and I think we have to help our kids become good people first. And I think when they're good people, the rest sprouts from that. The path becomes clear. Oh, my gosh. This, I, I, I love that you're putting this out there in the world as a principal, as an educator, as somebody who really, in terms of what you've done with your life and, you know, your, your swimming goals earlier on, you know, you're, you're making a big statement that needs to be said, and I'm so glad that you're saying this. Oh, my gosh, I've got chills. So, relating to all of this, Jeff, we all, it seems like... What we're talking about here is that not only for our kids, but we all need to nurture and be kind to each other in our world, right? Right. And then at the same time, though, Paula, what about the parents that don't have the tools to do that, aren't capable of it, or didn't get that from when they're growing up? So their core values might be skewed. So it's our job as the educators and the servants to help instill those core values of importance to the children. And that's a huge task for educators too, and it's a big burden. But if we don't do it and work on, you know, the empathy, the compassion, the kindness, the understanding of grit uh, grit and resilience and failure, then we're, we're missing it. Yes, and I and I I know everything that we're saying tonight. There's a there's so much on educators' plates, but I think again, if we can make a little shift in our mind and how we're, and and put our foot down for what we know is right and follow that right road, in what how we know how to teach these kids and educate the kids, I I just think we have to go with our gut and our instinct and what we know is right and start helping those shifts naturally happen, even if there's so much pushback from administration or school that we, we have to do something. And I think daily we can do this with our kids. So, Jeff, I want to make sure before the hour gets by here, I want to make sure people know how can they purchase your book, One Drop of Kindness? How can they connect with you if they're interested in having you come to speak at their school or event? Or how can they just reach out to you if they have a question or would like to connect with you? And everything Thank that you, you so have shared tonight. Is, is available on sale at, um, on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and Target, all online. And um, jeffkubiak.com, J-E-F-F-K-U-B-I-A-K.com, is a way to contact me for um, any speaking events. My email, get on my newsletter list, and it also has my blog. I try to blog at least once or twice a month, and so it's got all my archive blogs on there. And then I'm also um, on Twitter. I'm a really active Twitter user, and that's at Jeffrey Kubiak. I also have um, One Drop of Kindness Facebook page that you can jump on and uh, be a part of that whole message, too. Awesome. Well, I, I honestly, I wish we could talk for another hour or two here because I just, I, I feel like we've just light the fire, lit the fire in so many ways tonight. But just in, you know, a minute here, is there any final message that you'd like to share with all of the wonderful Right Road friends listening tonight? Well, I just think there's so many amazing people out there that listen to your show and find a way to make a difference, whether, you know, to be um, doing some for something for someone that does not a random act of kindness, 
um, getting in touch with someone, asking the question, supporting a kid in need or a teacher, but do something to make a difference in the world and don't wait back for it to happen. Um, yeah. Be the next person who's showing a video on YouTube of doing that amazing thing for someone else because it really does create a chain reaction, domino effect, ripple effect. Well, it really does. I was, I had it, I shared this in my Right Road email this week. I, on Monday, I, I just went to the grocery store. My son was sick and had a cold. And so I was picking up soup and drinks and, and that, and that I was just having a really rough day. A lot of other things were happening too. And the checkout, I, the checkout clerk said, Hey, how are you doing? And I said, well, honestly, it's been a rough day. He ignored me. And just that making, I felt invisible. And that one second, just, I drove home, I was in tears. I mean, how ridiculous, you know, an adult in tears because a checkout person didn't say, oh, I'm so sorry. But then, then on Friday of this week, I went back to that same store and I had a different checkout person and he was a light in the world. He asked me how my day was. He interacted with me. And I thought, look at the difference. They both have the same job. And look at how the difference in in the impact that it had on my life. So, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Jeff, for everything that yeah. you've shared tonight. I just, you've got something special. And I'm so excited to get your book out there. Again, everybody, it's called One Drop of Kindness. Thank you so much just for sharing your insight and everything that you shared with us this evening. What a blessing you are to the world, Jeff. Thank you a million oh my times. Goodness, you're the blessing, Paula. And I, I couldn't be more grateful or honored to uh, have been just a small part of your amazing message. So thank you very much. Oh, and I'm so excited to stay in touch. I hope that we're able to because I just, like I said, you're on to something here. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, and as I always like to do, I I just have to give a huge, huge shout out to our amazing On the Right Road sponsors, Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Nairs, Seatsack, the Southern California DCH, Audi, Honda, Ford, Lexus, and Toyota car dealerships, and their support companies. Um, Our newest sponsor, Just Shop with Jackie, uh, Lori Stinas, and our Keller Williams real estate team, and Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her extraordinary A Joy-Filled Life book. And you guys, reminder to mark your calendars for Sunday, November 10th. That is going to be our next Live on the Right Road show date. And now, you know what I have? I have the most amazing bonus gift uh, giveaway opportunity this evening. This is one of my On the Right Road email giveaways. I have, oh my gosh, so many really cool gifts. I have, get this, I have one 16-count flare pen gift set, teacher favorite, right? I have two paper-made coloring kits with tons of writing and drawing supplies. Marcy actually saw these earlier in the week, and she was like, she almost fainted. It was so cool. She's like, I want one of those. (laughs) I have three 48-count dry erase marker gift boxes, enough to share with your whole teaching team. I have four 36-count Sharpie gift packs, and I have five 60-count packs of paper-made EverStrong pencils. And as I'm sitting here, I'm just so excited to share kindness that I'm even going to add two $500 Nair school supply gift packs. So to enter for all 17 of these awesome gift drawings, just email me at, it's my normal email, heypaula, that's H-E-Y Paula, at rightroadkids.org. Again, that's H-E-Y-P-A-U-L-A at 
R-I-G-H-T-R-O-A-D-K-I-D-S.org. Just write supplies school supplies in the subject line so I can see at a glance that you're entering and then in the body of the email include your school, city, and state so we know you're an educator. Okay, that's it. Again, just email me at heypaula at rightroadkids.org jot writing supplies in the subject line so I can see at a glance that you're entering and then in the body of the email include your school, city, and state so we know you're an educator. This will be open until 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern tonight and we'll draw the 17 names at random from all complete entries and we'll announce all 17 of the recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Huge thanks to Nair, to Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team, and of course to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her awesome A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this amazing giveaway possible. And now like I always like to do, I have some nuggets from my heart to kind of wrap up tonight with, things that you can take with you into the week and into the school year. Number one, my first nugget for tonight, it's related to everything we've been talking about here tonight. I think it's so important that we take time to watch for two things that might not be on the radar for us as educators. Number one, notice the kids who sit there quietly without saying much. They may be very studious, but they still may have questions and concerns. And in a large class, they can so easily get lost because they're not making any waves. And on the flip side, make special note of the studious kids who respectfully come up and ask questions after class. They may be really looking to connect. And a couple word short answer may make them feel like you really don't care about them individually. Of course, that's not true. You know, we, we get beyond busy and think we've answered their question, but there may be a lot more to the connect they're looking for. And that three seconds may be a life-changing way of connecting with that one child who's reaching out. And our response as an adult, like we've been talking about tonight, can make all the difference in the world. If we truly connect with them at that moment, it may alter how they feel confident in reaching out from then on. Or if we're short with them, Without even realizing it, they may never reach out again. And one thing that I've helped that's really helpful is to make eye contact as a way to assure them, you know, that that they'll know that you care and that, that you're really hearing them. You know, again, it only takes one person and often that one moment to change a child's life. And we got to remember also related to this that teenagers, that high schoolers, they're still kids too. Um, nugget number two, if we're not living and teaching kindness in our everyday actions, how in the world are kids going to learn it? If we just talk about it and they don't see us actually living kindness one drop at a time, it's just not going to take in our kids' lives. Modeling is the key. So I think instead of feeling like we always have to come up with innovative new methods and curriculums to teach kindness, I think one of the best ways to really teach our kids is to do kindness. Every day, like Jeff said, think of ways outside of your normal wheelhouse that you're going to share kindness and then share that with your kids. Share, Tell them what you did, not as a way to brag, but just in conversation. Show them it's a priority in your life. Show them how much it means to you and to those you're being kind to. Show them by modeling it in your life. And at the same time, by doing that, the joy that we're going to feel in our lives as educators, as adults, 
I know this from experience. It's going to multiply exponentially by living a life of doing kindness. Exciting, right? And number three nugget for tonight is to definitely check out Jeff Kubiak's One Drop of Kindness book. He did not ask me to say this. I just, I feel so strongly about it. The message itself of the book can lead to so many wonderful conversations about kindness and where it comes from and how it can grow. And even beyond that, from a writing perspective, it offers a wonderful new view of writing. I think it can be used as a really cool how-to study and a particular way of writing. So even though it's a kid's book, it kind of blew me away and got my mind really reeling about all the ways it can be used in a classroom. So check that out. Again, it's called One Drop of Kindness by Jeff Kubiak. And on that note, you guys, I just, I know I always close by saying something like this, but I really mean it. I hope that this program has been a world-changing hour for you. To top it all off, you guys, I have one more big giveaway for you tonight. This is Facebook giveaway number three for tonight. Remember, you guys, to check our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon for the long list of recipients from all of tonight's pre-show and live broadcast giveaways. And if you can all do me a favor, if you haven't signed up as a Right Road teacher friend on our website, Marcy and I spend hours and hours. Sometimes it's not easy to find a teacher's confirmed mailing address for a gift on their website. And we spend hours trying to connect with teachers. And if we don't have your email, if you're not signed up with us, it makes it really, really hard. So if you haven't already done so, or if you've changed schools or need to update your email with us, just go to rightroadkids.org. There's a little sign-up button. Just click that. It literally takes a minute, but it will help us so much, you guys. I'm sorry I went on and on there, but Marcy's nodding going, yes, please. So here's giveaway number three for tonight. Of course, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. I have 10 jumbo Papermate Inkjoy pen sets, each with 28 wonderfully colorful pens. And I have five Amazon gift cards, each valued at between $5 and $25, donated by the amazing Just Shop with Jackie Facebook group. So there will be 15 recipients from this giveaway, and each will receive one of the Jumbo Inkjoy pen sets or an Amazon gift card. And the gift cards are not pictured in the giveaway post, you guys. I just added these, but they will be part of the giveaway. So to enter, just go Go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to include tonight's code words, world changing, as part of your entry comment, even if you included them in tonight's earlier giveaways, okay? Because that officially enters you. It lets us know that you're listening. So this giveaway will be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 15 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. And Mountains of thanks to Nair, to Lori Steenis and her Keller Williams real estate team, to Just Shop with Jackie, and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her wonderful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this extraordinary giveaway possible. Once again, you guys, tons of thanks to the amazing Jeff Kubiak for being my guest here on The Right Road this evening. Tons of thanks, of course, to Marcy for her awesome behind-the-scenes support. Thank you to my amazing engineer, Aaron, and the whole Voice America team 
team. And thank you all, all so very much for listening and being a part of the Right Road family. Blessings, love, and light to every single one of you. In case you missed any part of this evening's show or would like to share it with friends and family, you know this episode will, of course, be available to listen to or download for free. And I think this is another awesome episode to share with your teaching staff and your team and your school, your whole school environment as well. And in case you missed the big email giveaway, the bonus one that I had in the middle of the program, I'll post the link to this show on our Right Road Kids Facebook page within about a half hour after we wrap up here tonight. So you can listen for that info again, or if you'd like to download the show and share it. And of course, make sure to watch for the click and listen giveaway for this episode on our Right Road Kids Facebook page next weekend. Even if you're listening now, you can still click and listen and enter that giving fun. Remember, you guys, that the next live on the Right Road show will be here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Sunday, November 10th. And in between our live on the Right Road broadcasts, you can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and via our website at rightroadkids.org. Hey, you guys, as I always like to close with, always, always remember that you are special, appreciated, and loved. Until next time, Sunday, November 10th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be that daily, positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the right road. Wishing all of you and your kids a life absolutely filled with kindness and changing the world in awesome ways. I love you all. Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host, Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.rightroadkids.org or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Right Road. Right Road.